let's take a few minutes and talk about how to really rig these different lures. This is where it gets really simple. I mean, you have a direct tie-in with your line straight in to the tie-in loop. Typically, you're going to use uh, an improved clinch knot that we talked about in the last unit, or some people will, will favor uh, like the, the polymer knot. The idea is to allow that lure to function the way it's designed. Sometimes you want a loop up here to give that lure maximum freedom to, to move back and forth. I would strongly advise not using a snap swivel, swivel here because that's going to add just another chunk of metal up there that the lure is really not designed to, to handle. And it's usually, although convenient, not a really good idea for catching fish. We can use particularly soft plastics in building a number of different uh, types of rigs. This is a Carolina rig. Probably one of the most popular, most effective rigs you, 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 can, you can build. This is starting off with a, a worm hook that we talked about last week. And we have that embedded into a, a soft plastic worm. We run a, a leader, 18 to, to 30 inches long. We have a barrel swivel right here. We have a plastic bead followed by a blade. So what is all this doing for us? Well, number one, between the swivel and the blade, we've added some weight to this. You also can add like a little egg sinker up here or even a bullet, bullet weight if you really need to, to cast this a long distance or you need to get it very deep or if you need to, to kind of hold it to the bottom in, in, a, in a current. But you have all this hardware up here. And then trailing behind it, you know, 30 some inches, is you have this, this plastic um, artificial bait. And as you cast this out, you're letting this sink to the bottom. You can use these from both boat or from shoreline. Probably this is a little more effective from the boat, but if you're shorebound, don't overlook this rig because it's incredibly effective. So you, you, you cast this out, you let it sink. It goes down and hits the bottom. As this hardware hits the bottom, it stirs up a little bit of mud, a little bit of silt, a little bit of muck. That in itself is attractive to fish who are looking for a meal. With this hardware, the bead, the blade, you get a little sound action going, some clicking, some clacking. This is attracting attention to itself. You go to a tight line, lift your rod tip, you pull this up off the bottom, take in a, a, a few turns of the reel, and then let it sink back down. As you lift that up, you're activating this, this plastic worm in a vertical fashion, and then it kind of suspends and floats, and then 
heads back down to the bottom because that hook is going to be heavy enough to, to drag the soft plastic down. And you repeat this over and over and over as you're working it up the shoreline. This is just kind of the perfect recipe for a, uh, a small bait fish in distress. Because if you've ever seen a, a wounded bait fish, they will try to regain their, their calm, their composure, and their swimming ability by swimming up. But then their injury overcomes them, and they succumb to gravity, and they sink back down to the bottom. And they try to regain their strength and swim up again and the same thing happens and you get this kind of this up and down well death throw and fish are always looking for an easy meal I'm not sure if I mentioned it uh, but there is a, a direct uh, relationship between the size of the fish and the size of the of the thing he's thinking about eating and the energy that he has to exert to eat that thing. So you, if you have a very small, tiny minnow and a great big fish, he knows that he is going to have to expend a lot of energy to catch that small, little, tiny, frickin' fish. And if he does catch it, it's not going to provide very many calories. So why waste my energy doing this? But if he can see a good-sized meal that is not going to run away, he doesn't have to expend very much energy. Boom, that's the ticket right there. Always go for the easy meal. That's where we can catch the fish. The one thing this rig does not do a very good job in is uh, real rocky areas or real weedy areas. It, it just tends to kind of get hung up and it, it's not terribly effective. If you have to fish those areas, you want to switch to a Texas rig. Couldn't be simpler. You have that worm hook. Again, you have that buried into soft plastic and you have a bullet weight. That's the weight that has the, the hole all the way through the center there. The beauty of this rig, this is the rig, that, there's nothing more to it. The beauty of this rig is that you have weight, so it's very easy to cast, and you have this slip weight. This weight can slide back and forth up and down that line. So if you have a real heavy, let's say a, a tree has fallen and you have all those branches and limbs, go ahead and cast this right in there. The way this plastic is buried in around that hook, the hook is not going to usually get snagged. So go ahead and cast it right in there, in, in, right into the, 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 the limbs. And as that starts to sink, it'll kind of work itself down in through the, the limbs of that tree. And then you can start jigging it back up. 
real reeling in a little bit. You'll feel the limbs. You can kind of just work it through those limbs and wham! That big old bass who's been hanging down in there just looking for an easy ambush meal nails it. Then this is where the problems kind of start because you've got a big fish in a tree and you've got to get them out. This is not the place to really let the fish have some line. You need to horse him out of there. And a good strong braid is very good for this. You've just got to kind of get him out of those branches as fast as you can. Else, he's going to take, you know, two and a half wraps around, you know, a couple limbs, and you're not going to get him out. Eventually, you'll end up breaking off. He knows this. He's been through this before. Okay, let's talk about some more rigs. This is a drop shot rig. This is a, a rig that's very effective whenever you have a lot of weed cover. If you go out to Lake Griffey during the summer, you'll see a lot of weed cover. If you're on the east side of Lake Monroe, you'll get into a lot of heavy weeds. And in amongst these weeds, you'll find holes and where there are no weeds. Literally, I mean, they're, they're, you, can, you can count them, you can see them. This is a great place to fish. Because the fish are hanging into those weeds during the, the, the heat of summer for the oxygen. And so they're just kind of chilling out. And weeds also provide some protection from the sun. So it's a little cooler in there and it's oxygen-rich water, they're very, very happy. Except for food, because since it's really thick and dense, it's kind of a hard place to find your next meal. But if you find one of these, these holes, and you rig up a drop shot rig, super simple. You have something like a bell weight on the bottom here, and depending on your water depth, three feet up, you have a hook. And it's simply tied directly into the line. There's, there's no leaders coming off of this. It's a direct connection. And then you apply a soft plastic. And you'll probably be very close to these, to these holes. If you're fishing from shores... This can be a rather difficult technique to use. Weeds are just really tough if you're fishing from shore. Because even if you can get, you know, your lure down into one of these holes and you, you hook up with the fish, you got to get them out of there and that can just be a real chore. I really hate fishing in a weedy area from shore. I, I generally just avoid it at all costs. But if you're in a boat... Or, or sometimes a pier, or off of a bridge, this can work very well. And the idea is that you're presenting a, a lively soft plastic, a Cinco is really good for this, uh, in the, uh, uh, vertically in this hole. So if you cast out and the weight goes down and hits the bottom, and this 
soft plastic is going to fall. Well, now you have to start using your rod actively fishing to present some lifelike movements to this artificial lure. And so you can kind of twitch it, twitch your rod tip a little bit, and that's going to get this tail to start dancing. And you can bring it up, you can bring it up off the bottom, and you can let it sink again. Sometimes as that soft plastic is, is being raised up, you'll get a strike. Sometimes you'll get the strike on the fall. It just kind of depends on the fish and what they're into uh, at the moment. You can also kind of tease fish into a strike. I, I, I've seen this done on a, a number of times where you know the fish is in there the fish knows that you're there and you just sit there and you keep wagging the tail of this thing right in the fish's face and eventually impatience and frustration kind of overtakes the fish and he comes out and nails it and you've got your fish. So a drop shot rig can be very effective in really tight weedy areas. Here's a wacky rig. I love the wacky rig. You cannot be simpler than this. You've got a hook. You've got your bait. This can be a, a, a real night crawler. It can be a soft plastic. Sometimes you put a, a split, uh, a, a barrel swivel up here to keep the line from twisting as you're reeling in. Sometimes you don't need it. Sometimes you can add a split shot if you need to get it uh, deeper, faster. Sometimes you don't. If you don't have any weight on here, your casting distance can be limited. Sometimes you don't care how long you cast this. If you're fishing a stream, and you can get this out into the current, you let the current take it where you, you want it. It's a, it's a dead drift natural presentation. Absolutely deadly on a lot of fish. How many people know what an Alabama rig is? These hit the sport fishing market probably, oh, it's probably been... 10 years ago now and some people laughed hilariously at these and some people caught fish with these. The idea is that you have one central weighted hub up here and then from that hub you have stiff wire leaders kind of fanning out. At the end of those, you have a snap swivel that's connecting a lead head jig with a swim bait or some other type of, of soft lure. And you can catch fish with these. I've also heard it described as dragging a shopping cart you know, behind your boat and trying to reel that shopping cart in. There is a lot of resistance with this 
lure. And although some people can catch fish with this, I've never talked to anyone who really enjoyed fishing. And an interesting story with the Alabama rig. The company that, that was bringing this to market had a booth up at the uh, Indiana uh, Boat Travel and Sport uh, uh, Sportsman Show in Indianapolis. And their booth was like two stalls away from the uh, Department of Natural Resource booth. And after a couple days of the show, one of the conservation officers wandered down and started looking at this rig, uh, talking to the guys, and then just kind of point blank stated, you realize that this is uh, illegal to use in Indiana. And apparently their their draws job dropped. And what are you talking about? He says, you have five individual hooks on here. The fishing regulations for Indiana say that you can have up to three. So needless to say, they kind of uh, had some... Uh, uh, an embarrassing moment there. And it also kind of created a quandary in the uh, state legislation game rule bureaucracy because what are we going to do with this? Technically, it has five hooks. We were only allowed three. And so what they did is they... Um, they gave them a, a pass for that year, and they weren't going to, you know, really prosecute any fishermen for using this. And then they would readdress this um, before the uh, the launch of the regulations for the next year. There's a, a cycle that they go through, and they upheld their original that you're allowed to have three hooks on one line. And so what fishermen have done is either bend over these hooks to make them inoperative or just clip them off altogether. But the unique thing I would like you to see with this lure is that instead of presenting a lure that is imitating a bait fish, this is imitating a school of bait fish. Because very rarely do you see one fish swimming out by itself. They're almost always in schools. Now maybe not side by side, but if you find one bait fish, you'll probably find a lot more. So that's exactly what this lure is trying to present. A more natural, appealing imitation of the real thing. So give it a try if you want. Um, I have no interest in, in using this. And it's actually not a newfangled creation. Saltwater fishermen have been using this for decades if not centuries uh, it's called an umbrella rig um, and so to them this is, is nothing new
So here's kind of a, a wrap-up of uh, an illustration that, that shows all the different, uh, the various styles and, and what they're um, designed to do. We have some soft plastics up here, hooked, wacky style. Uh, here's our Texas rig. It shows that uh, Texas rigged worm, you know, being cast right into the vegetation, right into the trees, right into the really, you know, thick stuff. Um We've got a Carolina rig down here that's being bounced, you know, uh, along the bottom and, and up the shoreline. You have your drop shot uh, right here. So there's all different kinds of rigs that you can use with the, the soft plastics. And they can be incredibly, incredibly uh, effective. The one thing that's not shown on here any of the creatures, any of the, the, the crayfish, uh, salamanders, things like that, um, uh, that's out there, they also can be very, very effective. And there, there's no law that says you cannot put a, a crayfish uh, uh, style soft plastic on a Carolina rig. By all means, go right ahead and, and do that. It can be incredibly, incredibly effective. Some things just to keep in mind as far as technique in, in using these various uh, uh, lures. Use that fan pattern that we talked about in Unit 1 where you're casting short and, and, and kind of prospecting the, the water. Casting from one side and, and working in an arc over to the other side then casting a little bit further and repeating that and then, you know, a little further still. That way you're not catching a fish from a long way off and then dragging him through potentially productive uh, water. When you're using a lot of these lures, you need to keep the slack out of the line. So keep that rod tip pointed at the lure so that you have a direct connection. Now you can use the rod tip to impart action onto the um, onto the lure. But remember, you've got to keep that slack out of the line. On a lot of these lures, you've just got to change it up. If you're not getting hits with a fast retrieve, go to a slow retrieve. Go to a, a start and stop retrieve. You can even go to a creep where you're just barely moving that, that lure. Generally speaking, the colder the water, the slower you have to present the lure. Fish are cold, they don't have a lot of energy, they're sluggish, and they're just not going to expend very much energy chasing something down. So you've got to really slow down the presentation, sometimes literally putting the lure right in front of their face before they're going to to, to uh, strike it. As water temperatures are warming up, fish are more active, that's where you can start speeding things up. And, you know, I, I, I keep going back to this analogy, but the way humans behave and the way fish behave are very similar. In the springtime, when we're coming out of the winter, we're kind of in these this, this hibernation mode. But the first real nice warm spring day, the heavy coats come off, the shorts go on, 
Maybe you dig out the flip-flops and you're out there sucking up that sunshine. Guess what the fish are doing? The exact same thing except for the flip-flops. In the fall, that first time that the temperature really drops and you go, you know, scrounging through the closets looking for your hoodie, that's when the fish are thinking, hmm, winter's coming, I need to put on some weight. And so they start going into that winter, winter gorge. Uh, other things to do, um, if you're using a white lure, change it to a chartreuse lure. Change it to black, uh, purple, something. Change the the uh, the, the color, uh, and sometimes just uh, the changing the size of the lure. If you've been fishing a, a four-inch uh, dar devil uh, red and white spoon, well, go to an inch and a half. Go to a one-inch, and just something as simple as that can can really uh, 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 trigger uh, new fish. <laughs>